Welcome to the Indie Music Room, a conversation with independent artists about writing, recording, performing, and promoting their original music. And now here's your host, Heather Kelly. Everybody, you're listening to Heather Kelly with the Indie Music Room, and I'm very excited to talk with the Artist of the Month for July already, July. Um, I want to give a big welcome to Eric Nelson. Eric, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Heather. How are you? I am fantastic. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to do this. I know you're a busy man, but um, you've you're you got some uh, reputation around here of being a really great musician. Oh, did I did I come by it honestly? Did I earn that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about that and see. But what's great is uh, for some reason, you know, I've been doing people internationally. But when I thought about July Fourth of July, Independence Day, I thought about bringing someone who's from Fort Dodge back home for an interview. So very cool. Well, let's yeah. get started. Tell me a little bit, like uh, all the way to the beginning. How did you start this? How did you start music? Wow. If you want to go all the way back to the beginning, I will tell you a story that my mom tells me all the time. Um, I was born on November 4th, 1980. And like the week leading up to that was this unseasonably warm weather. And the day I was born, which by the way, was the day Ronald Reagan was elected the first time. And my <laughs> mom's, my doctor told my mom, don't ruin election day for me. Um, apparently there was a real nasty blizzard <laughs> and and the snow stayed on the streets and everything else and getting there wasn't pleasant and getting home wasn't pleasant. But my mom right. tells me that um, while they were driving me home, they had the radio turned on and there was a tune. And now I can't, I'll be honest with you. I can't remember the story exactly because I was three days old and also it's not coming to me, but right. there was a song by the Hawks on oh. the radio at that exact moment. It was either right away or it's all right it's okay I can't remember and yeah. my family knows everybody in the Hawks and for some reason my mom decided to say that's your uncle Larry on drums and anyway <laughs> Larry Adams Larry Adams so if it started if you want me to take you all the way back to the beginning <sighs> I've been into music since I was three days old <laughs> no kidding well you know, I think you and I have that in common is our dads are our friends yes and your dad big B we call him big B but, you know, he was a musician and my dad as well. So, yeah. we, you know, my dad was the one who said, you've got to, you've got to interview Eric. And so here Thank we you, are. Tim. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's, so, a, there's an old picture of me back when they would take, you know, pictures on an Instamatic camera with the bulb on top that has oh, like yeah. four sides, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's me, and I don't, I'm old enough to stand up, but I don't know how old I was. And I had headphones on like this, and I had my hands on the headphones, and I'm like rocked back like this, and I'm listening to my dad, Big B, Brian Nelson, yeah. on the couch playing bass guitar. And then my mom snapped a picture of it. It's in a photo album somewhere in the That's pile of awesome. stuff over here. Yeah. So it, I mean, we've had music in the family, instruments in the house, guests over, practice in the basement. And I've just been into music since yeah, before I can remember. Right. So tell me, um, were you involved in high school or when was your first band or when did you decide this is what I want to do? Yeah, that's funny. I, I was so into Huey Lewis in the news when I was a really little kid that in fifth grade, when I learned that I could uh, take saxophone lessons, uh -huh. <laughs> just like Johnny from Huey Lewis in the news, I started saxophone in fifth grade. And by halfway through sixth grade, I picked up a guitar that was in the house uh -huh. and I showed enough aptitude 
for playing, I guess, that my dad showed me a couple of chords. And at that moment, halfway through sixth grade, so I would have been about 12 years old, I said, I don't want to take lessons to play saxophone anymore. I want to play guitar in my bedroom and figure it out myself with my dad's help. Never took a lesson for guitar either, but uh, my dad would help me figure out power chords to play Weezer and Green Day. And and from, from there, it was like the end of eighth grade, some buddies of mine who uh, we were all in health class together. Uh They told me that they were down in the music room after school, all of them playing guitar with Mr. Ellerston. Oh my gosh, they had him as a teacher too. Did you? (laughs) And, you know, after school one day, would I like to come downstairs and learn how to play Hey Joe, right? Just the chords for Hey Joe by Jimi Hendrix. And I said, sure, why not? And the four of us who were down there that day, started a band we were called we were called dirty laundry (laughs) (laughs) wasn't there a song out there called dirty like something yeah yeah laundry or something oh yeah don henley don henley's song dirty laundry yeah so i guess my first band was in middle school that's crazy that's great so you would use your first band was young and then how did you kind of start moving along you know other bands etc Sure. Um, somewhere in between the garage band, uh, which continued through high school and going on to college and meeting the, the guys who I would end up playing in this band with, um, I did some solo stuff. I used to go out to KICB, the college radio station, uh-huh. and just play live on the air. I'd write songs and come out and play them on the air. Um, I put out my own cassette. <laughs> cassette. I actually went, that that is us when you say cassette. <laughs> <laughs> I know this was 97 or 98. This yeah. was when Chris Carr, who we all know from the music scene and from of Eighth Note Music and everything else that Chris does, when he and his family lived up in Minnesota, my dad and I would go visit and I took a couple of original tunes up there with me and I played all the other parts and Chris played the drums and I brought them home and dubbed like two dozen cassettes and made my friends go. pay for them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was kind of the intermediate weird transitional I still had kind of like a mullet but didn't know what to do with it writing like real melancholy songs transition era and and then went to college up in Storm Lake at Buena Vista um, met a guy named Max who was at a house party sitting Indian I can't say that anymore crisscross applesauce on the floor (laughs) and he was whatever drinking beer and throwing the empty cans up into the ceiling fan Oh and, uh, and my roommate at the time said, yeah, that's Max. Well, I s- had classes with Max and struck up conversations over music and bands that we were both into and punk rock. And, and he said, I play bass. And I said, I need a bass player. And, um, cur- you know, at the time I had played around a little bit with a drummer who was in town. Um, he's got a tattoo shop here in Des Moines now. Um, his name is Mike Diamond. He runs Sacred Diamond here in Des Moines. Okay. So, we jammed a little bit, and then another uh, friend of mine from Fort Dodge named Justin Bristow, uh-huh. he played drums with us a little bit. We played a couple gigs up in Storm Lake, and and I don't know. Uh, then there's a little break because we both graduated and need to kind of get our footing as real-life adults, and when we right. finally did, we just got this itch. We're like, we got to get back out there and play again. Like, three shows on campus at Buena Vista was not enough. Yeah. And so, we found another drummer. Max was working with the guy who played drums, and... Max, brought Ethan, him in. and Eric, right? That so, these, so these guys, you know what's funny about those guys? So th- at this point in the story, we're at about 2005. Okay. Uh, Jason and Eric 
have been in the band since 2010, which is 11 years ago, and I still call them the new drummer and guitar player. <laughs> Because we went through so many iterations, just a rotating mm-hmm. door of drummers and everything else that, um, you know, so we found this other guy and we just, he scratched the itch, you yeah. know, he knew how to play and we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to get out there and play gigs. So it was about once a month at the Reverb in Cedar Falls. And then we started to come down to Des Moines and book shows at Harry Mary's and then the House of Bricks. And it's always been just total do it yourself, write your own music, put out your own CDs or cassettes, screen print your own t-shirts and yeah book your own shows and see where it goes. So it's been fun ever since. Wonderful. Well, I'll tell you what, we are going to hear one of your songs right now. And then when we come back from it, you can tell me a little bit about it. So right now we're going to listen to Tip of My Tongue. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's in the back of my brain. I'm not a doctor, but I think this will drive me insane. Hey! In the back of my brain I'm not a doctor But I think this will drive me insane I feel it swirl in my mouth I feel it drip down my throat And if it weren't for epiglottis Well, I'd probably choke drive me insane. It's at the top of my lungs. It's on the back of my neck. I never thought that I'd turn and become such a wreck. It's at the tips of my fingers and the tips of my toes. And if you're asking me yes, well then I'll probably say no. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's in the back of my brain. I'm not a doctor, but I think it's I'm not a doctor, but I think this will drive me 
Tip of My Tongue, written by Eric Nelson and performed. It's wonderful. I love that song. You know, to me, when I listen to it, it kind of brings me back to my green day, like Blink 182 or something like that. I get it. I like that music. I like that style. Totally. That's that's the era of inspiration for Hold for Swank. You know, we, we're sort of a band out of time in a little bit. You know, like we're very like late 90s pop still. We're like... 40 years old I think you're more pop rock than just pop i think you've got a yeah. rock edge too so power pop rock or i don't know but i love it i yeah. love it i'll, I'll take that label any day it's um that song i want to say that i wrote that song i i had this i had a goal i i've tried to write my most recent songs with kind of a goal in mind and this one was simplify things right so i for the longest time when hold for swank was a three-piece uh, we only had me on guitar, and when I would write songs at home, I tried to fill space with, I mean, if there's 13 notes, you know, in an octave, I probably put 13 chords in a song thinking that I needed to fill the space, and then when we picked up Jason, uh, our new 11-year-plus new guitar player, right. at one point, we're practicing, and he said, how many chords did you put in this song? And I said, okay, I have a goal. I'm going to write a song that's literally A- E B E like over and over and over again yeah. and just simplify this thing. And then the idea of like something is just, it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't quite spit it out. And then, and then the rest of the th thought process behind the song is, uh, and the band really, you know, our first album was real, like angsty ish, like sad. I can't yeah. like get the girl sort of thing. And then, <laughs> And then the second album was a little bit angrier. Like, why can't I get the girl? What's going on? I did notice that. Yeah. Yes. And so this album was very much more like, okay, I've already lived that whole whiny part of my life. It's time to grow up a little bit. And so some of it is like the things I want to say are on the tip of my tongue, but I better not because it's going to uh -huh. make me sound bad and look bad. So they're like, there's a line about biting your tongue in there. And then anyway, so, and to wrap up the other inspiration for the song, there's a part in the bridge where it's a lot of like single notes. And as opposed to like hitting big power chords. And I thought, you know, I grew up listening to Weezer, like I said before, and right. on their album Pinkerton, they had a lot of noise, but I'm, I, the older I got, the more I listened to it. A lot of that noise was constructed by one note at a time, yeah. but strummed differently. And I thought, why don't I try that? Like, why don't I, why don't I stretch myself by playing fewer chords and sometimes even playing one note at a time. That was my mm -hmm. idea of simplifying my music. And, and that's where tip of my tongue came from. Speaking of some of your music, tell me um, how your recording process is. Do you record at other studios? Do you do it at home now? No, we haven't really done any home recording. I don't feel like we have the, I'll, let me speak for myself. I don't okay. have the patience to record myself. Right. <laughs> I don't have the patience to play, mess up, stop, reach over and hit the space bar, mark it, slide it, cross fade it. I can't, I don't have the patience for that stuff. So anytime we've recorded, we've gone to somebody else's studio. Um, the first album was, it's, it's funny how many of these have cropped up over the last 40 years, but the first one was in Cedar Falls in a friend's parent's barn, okay. <laughs> which you and I are accustomed to that scenario, yeah. that setup. We actually recorded a couple of tunes at uh, Junior's Motel back in like 05 or 04, somewhere in that range. And okay. I have the I have the CDR, like I have a stack of those CDRs <laughs> in, my, in my unfinished room in my basement with the CD like label stomper on it. Yeah. Um, 
Second album was recorded over by Perry in a town called Jamaica, Iowa. I've heard of that. Um, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, studio. the studio is was. I'm not sure how active it still is. Called the Sound Farm. Yeah. Um, I know that Slipknot recorded one of their albums there, and a bunch right. of other folks have come by. Um, and this latest one, um, was here in Des Moines, a studio uh, on the south side of town. Super cool guy who worked at the advertising agency where I work. He's mm-hmm. in a band also. We knew he had good gear. We knew he re- could record rock music. Great rate. And we got in there and knocked it out in a couple weeks over a bottle of Four Roses and uh, <laughs> some hot tea <laughs> and <laughs> made a killer record. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I, love, I love everything I've heard of yours. I went through and I've been kind of listening to Spotify and all your, your links you sent me, which we'll talk about with our fans later on. But the next song I want to talk about is called Little Shy Girl. Yeah, that's okay. an interesting one. So yeah, um, tell me about that one. Well, yeah, I'll give you just a, a snippet. I'll give you the inspiration. And then I don't know if you, if we want to talk more about it after we listen to it. Um, the, we I'm might have Fort- to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm from Fort Dodge, right? And you are too. And we're little Chicago. Yeah. And something about, okay, real quick note. There was a band that I listened to in the early 2000s. They were from Manhattan, Kansas, and they were called Ultimate Fake Book. And they put out a song called Little Apple Girl. Mm-hmm. Well, Manhattan, Kansas, they call the Little Apple. Yeah. And something, and I'm not lying, I was just sitting in my car as some ideas just come to you in the strangest places, I, I might've even listening to the song and thought, well, if they can write a song called little apple girl about their hometown, certainly I can write a song called little shy girl about little Chicago. Right. And, and hence the song. Hence the song. Well, anybody that grew up where we did, will know what we're talking about. So here we're going to listen to little shy girl.
up a fight You know that I'm right Just cause you're out of mind It doesn't mean you're out of sight, girl So stay out all night You won't see the light Not waving, not from such great heights You can take the girl out of her shy girl and did you want to add more to that song because it kind of does speak volumes <laughs> it's uh so i will say something musically about the song yes um another one of those goals of mine like how can i how can i kind of squeeze in or ratchet in even if it's an easter egg for myself like what's yeah. something fun that i can put <laughs> in there and if you remember the song by stone temple pilots um called interstate love song they had a chord in that song. It was, um, and, and of course, I put myself on the spot and can't think of the, the words of the song. Um, or do you laugh or does it cry? Reply, right? There's a chord yeah. in that part of the song that's the simplest chord. I, th it's, da, 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 da. I think it's the three in the key that it's in. But it just hits so weird. Like it's, it's like this. It's not dissonant, but it's like, you know, it's going to lead you into something else. Like just, it's going to just like careen you into the next part of the song. And I thought, I don't use enough of that chord. So I figured out the core, I've, the beat and the, and the patterns and the strumming and the chords for Little Shy Girl. And right. then I'm like, I want to put that chord in this song because I want people to feel like there's something coming next. Mm -hmm. So Little Shy Girl, um, your reputation precedes you. Um, Let's see. How's it go? We just listened to it. Right? Shy girl. Uh, how about I've heard about you lately. Let's chalk it up to faith. This town so small. Right. That's that is a complete ripoff of Interstate Love Song from Stone Temple Pilots. Where we're from, there's no hiding at all. So the idea was like, you know, something else is coming. What is it? So I just wanted people to like, I wanted to grab them by the ear a little bit and say, keep listening because there's something coming. Mm -hmm. And then the lyrics were just seriously, like I put myself in the, I put myself back in, back at home. I kind of wow. put myself in the, the position of like, you know, everywhere I've moved and I say I'm from Fort Dodge. I went, I moved to Waterloo. Uh -huh. And I worked at the newspaper for a while and a, and a coworker said, where are you from? I said, Fort Dodge. And he said, Ooh, that's a rough town. I was scared and of I, Waterloo when I was a kid. See, that's what I thought hearing from yeah. him. I thought if a guy from Waterloo says Fort Dodge is a rough town, maybe I've got some street cred around here. So <laughs> the line in the song, your reputation precedes you is that right. Um, I don't know, just little, little things that we pick up from our hometown and where we live. And honestly, like that is a song that I would say probably 80% of the people in, in America could probably write that song about their hometown. And it just so happened to be about Fort Dodge. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we're all going to love it here in the hometown. All right. um, I was going to ask you a question. Are, I mean, pan, this last year and a half has been a bust. 
but have you played live or I heard you just did a virtual concert. Is that true? Yes. That was an interesting one. That was about as much as we could do during the pandemic. Uh Um, All the community colleges across the state, if I'm telling the story correctly, pooled their entertainment money together. You know, students were still paying obviously tuition and room and borrow, whatever, whatever they had to pay, but they were paying entertainment fees. And so the schools had to provide entertainment. And so, yeah, the activities directors from all the community colleges got their, uh, put their heads together and said, what can we do? What schedule can we put together? And a buddy of mine from Buena Vista, who now works at Iowa Lakes, asked me, could I get you guys to play a virtual concert? Because they had had also like magicians and, and um, like motivational speakers and, sure. and Lord knows what else, right? So we said, yeah, sure. So we went to our uh, guitarist's uh, garage over in Tama and we put a bunch of cameras everywhere and I put one on a microphone stand right next to me. Oh, <laughs> and, cool. Yeah, and my laptop was across the room and we just logged on to Zoom and we played a virtual concert for like an hour. It was, it was really actually, it was fun because we hadn't played in a room together for a few months at that point. Right. Um, we hadn't played to any sort of crowd. And you could see the chat and you knew that people were watching. They were watching. Later. They were, well, everybody wants that again, you know, that interaction. Yeah, we can't wait to get out and play shows again in front of people. It's, we, we have fun doing it and we hope that that translates into other people having fun or at least laughing at our expense, I guess, whatever works. I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> So your last song here, we're going to talk about, this one's different than the first two. Um, I love it. I think there's a little bit of hometown boy in it, but this one is called this old honky tonk. This was a fun one. This was, I will, I will tell you more about the song after we listen to it, but I will say that my dad playing in bands as I was growing up was mostly they were mostly country and Western bands. Um, there was a band that he played with called the Outriders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, they'd play six nights a week at the Holiday House or the, you know, all these different lounges, the Starlight, Best Western and, and yeah. all that. And then um, after that, of course, he played with Shadrick Smith sure. and the Frontier Fiddle Band and the Billy Buffalo Band and all those incarnations. And um, I just, I grew up listening to country music. I remember waiting at the end of the driveway for the school bus out on Roll Route 4 out by the fairground. Yeah, and I'd sit in my dad's suburban, so he'd, we'd have the heat on, and we'd listen <laughs> to country radio every morning until the bus came. I mean, this is this is just right in my wheelhouse. It was something I just felt compelled to write. Well, let's take a listen to it, everybody. This is this old honky tonk written by Eric Nelson. It's 
by eric nelson now tell me a little bit about that eric come on i know i know it's silly it's i i hope it wasn't too distorted for everybody i know that was one of the knocks that i i heard from a couple of folks it's just yeah if you're gonna do country you don't don't go that rock and roll but i a i couldn't help it and b i don't think it would be a, a hold for swank song if it wasn't that uh rocking um my wife and I were about to move to Nashville when I wrote that song. Um, and so I just, I had it in mind that, you know, we're going to go to country music capital of the world mm-hmm. and I'm walking our dog Tilly and I, I left the house and I started thinking of this song. I started thinking of the line dance. I think, I think the phrase, this old honky tonk came to me first. And then I always, it always jokes in my head about like something ain't big enough for the both of us or the two of us or whatever. Right. And it, those blended together. And then I thought, what other, how, are there other ways I can say that? You know, this old dance floor ain't got room for you and me. Yeah. This old dive bar instead of honky tonk, right? This old dive bar don't care and so on and so forth. So I'm like, how many different ways can I say that? And that turned into the chorus. And then I thought, well, what do you do at a honky tonk? You line dance. Well, what line dances do I know? I know electric slide and cha-cha and the Charlie Brown this and all that. And by the time I got back home from walking the dog, 20 minutes later, the whole song was written. Yeah. Melody. It comes to you that way. It does. I love it. So intro, verse, chorus. I don't even think there's bridge. I knew what I wanted to do for the instrumentals. And I will say, again, growing up around my dad, around Shadrick Smith, um, and then looking ahead a handful of years at other bands there was a band and god bless his soul the lead singer for the band fountains of wayne they were the ones who did the song stacy's mom i think is probably what they're best known for from like oh oh three or whatever there was a song on that same record the song was called hung up on you 
and it was a country tune and it's so good. And I'm like, I want to write a country tune. I want to write it because that's how I grew up. I want to write it because we're moving to Nashville. I want to write it because if Fountains of Wayne can do it, so can I. (laughs) And plop, it all just happened all at once. Yay, I love that. Um, we got to wrap it up here in a little bit, Eric, but let's, let's talk a little bit about how people can find your music and, you know, your links and everything. Totally. Um, hold for swank, right? H O L D F O R S W A N K. And it's the silliest name ever, but I have to give credit where credit is due. A couple of friends of mine, um, Sparks and Scotto. Uh-huh. Two guys that I worked with at Sam Goody in Fort Dodge when I was in high school. Sam Goody. Um, I haven't thought about that for years. Okay. Oh, wow. I know. I, uh, when I started, it was Musicland, and then it yeah. was Sam Goody. Then it changed hands over to FYE. And in, yeah. the, in the meantime, you know, we, people used to call and ask for CDs, and a guy called in and asked for a meatloaf CD. <laughs> and my friend Scotto said, I just need to put a name on it. And the guy said, hold for swank. Oh, and then, <laughs> Right. It's the most ridiculous thing. That's a great thing. name, though. Yeah. That's so my great name. So my friend Sparks knew a guy who had just gone on a real awkward blind date with a girl named Amy. And he said, he met her the first time and said, Amy, I suggest. And Sparks said, he came back to work the next day and he said, all right, hold for swank, like Scotto wrote on the CD. And Amy, I suggest, which our dorky friend said on a blind date, he said, one of them is a band name and one of them is a song you go figure it out um and i did well for swank it's the band name it's the band name and so any you know it's google hold for swank you'll find us on facebook you'll find really the important ones are um we're on spotify Mm -hmm. we're on apple music uh we're all over youtube all of our albums are there to stream too we've got some of our live concert footage there too um so if you're into listening we've got plenty of ways to listen to us all right. Well, we'll make sure to share those links with our fans. And uh, do you have any any closing words? I'm just, I, I'm excited to get out and play again. I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm grateful for our hometown, honestly. Yeah. It's, I mean, wh- where, where else would you grow up with that sort of do-it-yourself, make-your-own-fun type of, like, inspiration? Yeah. Um you know, of course, to my parents for giving me the, the foundation and buying me records at Musicland when I was four and then yeah. letting me work there when I was 16, right? Um, and just my buddies who have been so supportive and the people who have come out of the woodwork after all these years and said, you know, I've had friends say, I learned how to play guitar from playing along with your first album. And I'm like, I honestly never, ever would have thought that <laughs> writing songs in my bedroom and playing along with the, the blue album by Weezer would turn into yeah. something as, as fun and rewarding as it has been. So just, just a blast. And a, Heather, I'm glad we could talk about it. I'm so glad to have you tonight, Eric. Um, again, you will be the artist of the month of July. And so we will play it the whole month of July. It's eternally on YouTube. So this will be great to put into your promo package. Love it. It's my pleasure, Eric. Thank you so much. And um, anytime you have a new release, send it my way. I'll drop it onto our our station. So 100% will do that. Thanks. All right. It's been a blessing. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to the Indie Music Room with Heather Kelly. Be sure to listen every Saturday and Sunday right here on FortDodgeRadio.com and subscribe for all our past and upcoming shows. 
The Indie Music Room is a production of FortDodgeRadio.com.